Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the National CMV Foundation's podcast, CMV Speaks. My name is Kalia Fleming, and I am the proud executive director of the National CMV Foundation. Congenital cytomegalovirus, or CMV infection, is arguably the most common preventable cause of neonatal disability in the U.S., affecting more than 30,000 children per year. And here at the foundation, we are dedicated to not just educating women of childbearing age about CMV, but making sure that we prevent pregnancy loss, disability, and death due to congenital CMV. In this podcast series, we really, really strive to make sure we are highlighting advocacy, education, awareness, industry, and scientific advancements as it relates to CMV. We want to make sure we keep and bring congenital CMV conversations to the forefront, making sure the CMV community and even those who are not a part of the community aware of what is taking place through this work. This podcast is brought to you by one of our most amazing industry partners, Moderna. And Moderna's mission is to deliver the greatest possible impact to people through mRNA medicines. So happy to have their support on this podcast episode. And I'm even more excited to chat with John Spitak. He is one of the co-founders of the foundation. And I wanted to make sure, I don't think we've ever had a podcast with you, John. And I wanted to make sure we took some time to hear your story in your own words. Um, John, for those who don't know, he's entering his first season as the assistant general manager, whoop, whoop, and eighth with the Buccaneers, um, having spent 20 years total in the NFL, 20 seasons. And prior to being promoted to assistant general manager, John spent two seasons as the vice president of player personnel. So as a Tampa native myself, I am happy, John, to see you in this role as assistant GM. Congratulations. And why don't you just start off today's podcast by telling folks a little bit about who you are and actually how you got started with this work in the CMB space. Absolutely, Clea. Great to be here. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Um, made me really feel good about myself and where my journey has been taking me so far. So, um, yeah, my, my entry into the CMV space started in uh, 2012 with the birth of our first child, my, my, you know, Kristen, who Everybody probably listening to this knows very well. Her daughter Evelyn was um, diagnosed shortly after birth with congenital CMV, and and along the way of our pregnancy with Evelyn, we we kind of found out at the initial ultrasound, nineteen weeks, that something was wrong. Something was not developing, um, you know, in utero the way that you would want and expect. But never were we ever mentioned CMV or anything like that. So, you know, to be to have your first child born, there's a lot of scary things that go with that. You know, you're unsure as a parent. Um, and then you're in the delivery room and you can see how fast the doctors spring into action and they whisk your daughter away and you really don't know what's going on. And, you know, they came back to us two hours later and they suspected based on, you know, the way she looked and the way she acted and some of the, the markers that she had that they were, you know, the doctors that delivered her were some, they suspected it could be congenital CMV and they did the, the urine tests that they do. And it came back less than 24 hours later with a really for us, um, a devastating diagnosis of congenital CMV, something that we had never heard about something that, that no doctor until she was born had ever mentioned to us. And it started our, our lives on a whole new journey of course that we never prepared for, could never have prepared for, um, you know, and, you know, it was a tough, it was a tough way to start to become a parent because you build it up in your head so much about what you want your kids to have. And we had to let go a lot of those dreams right away. That was kind of mentioned to us in her, her 14 days in the NICU that it was going to look a lot of different. 
a lot different than what we were hoping for, or what we had witnessed in our lives. So, you know, we did the best we could with that diagnosis. And so began our journey into the CMV world. Awesome. So from, you know, the birth of Evelyn to incorporating the foundation in 2014 to where we are now, you know, you have been doing this work as a dedicated board member, co-founder, you know, supporter for a long, long time. And what, in your own words, really keeps you going? Why is this work essential in your opinion? You know, you all started the foundation. It's it's building traction. What keeps you here? Well, I think there's a, there's several things that probably keep us going. One, and my wife and I have talked about this since essentially that Evelyn was born, was that, you know, there are people in this world that do nothing and there are people in this world that do something. And we are do-something people. And it was just... Um, you know, it was just shocking to us that this isn't a thing. Once you learn more about CMV, this isn't a thing that pregnant women and, you know, expecting fathers talk about or are, are informed about. They are not allowed then to have the ability to talk about it and realize like that this is out there. What can we do about it? So the whole idea of, you know, knowledge, knowledge is power. And, you know, it just was an absolute vacuum, I think in terms of what existed about there about CMV. And it just is not okay. It's not okay. We weren't okay with it then. I'm still not okay with it now. And, you know, that became one of the major reasons why we wanted to start this. And two, you know, was for, to fight for our daughter. And we didn't know the journey we were going to be on with CMV. We didn't know, you know, what it was going to take away from her um, while she was here with us. And, we thought it was a good way to advocate for her while she was here and then other kids that were coming. Um, but we felt like we had to do something, like I said before, and we had to do it for our daughter. And we thought that maybe it would help make her life better um, going forward. And, you know, you start to, you start to have these conversations with these other places that you, you go and you run into these people and you realize like, this is, it feels like an epidemic almost, you know, my wife would start going talking to these other mostly mothers that were trying to do this work that the medical world's not doing. And everybody kind of has on the same journey. Nothing was ever said. Nothing's being done. They just kind of, they kind of silo you off. This is a child with CMV. It is what it is. You know, we're on to the next. And again, like that may sound a little morbid, but that is how it felt. And um, we just have never been okay with that. And we felt like if, we, we were given this daughter for a reason. It is our new journey. It's not a journey that we would have chosen, but a lot of times in life, you don't get to choose those things. And you do get to choose what you do with, you know, the things that are thrown at you, the things that are given to you. And that's kind of led us on this path to where we're at now. And I'm excited about how far we've come. You know, if I'm being honest, I wish I was never in the space. I wish I was never, never heard of CMV. I wish my daughter was still here, but that's not the journey we were given. And going back to my original point, you have to do something. And so that's what we've been trying to do now for almost almost 10 years. Beautifully said. I appreciate the candor and transparency. And I really like what you said about, you know, that may not have been what it was, but that's how it, how it feels. And I feel we hear that a lot of times from our parents. And I think that's important to capture 
what is translated from bedside to to how the individual feels who's now put in the shoes of a caregiver trying to navigate something they've never heard with disjointed wraparound services and they don't know where to begin. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I, you know, since joining the organization, I have tried to really do a better effort of capturing the voice of dads and men in general in this CMV space. I think any anytime you talk about maternal and child health, we often in public health and other circles tend to shift to mothers. And Kristen's a great job. You know, she does a great job sharing her story, speaking on this. But as one of the few men on the board and a father yourself, what is it that you would tell fathers, male caregivers out there who are, one, grieving the loss of a child. You know, you've been there through your story with Evelyn, through your lives. And then those who are still continuing to fight the CMV fight, those who are engaged caregivers to kids with CMV, what would be your piece of advice or any words that you would share with them? Yeah, that's um, it's a tough question because it's, it's complicated and you know, I, I think the first thing that you realize when you're a father and, you know, it's, you weren't, you know, the child didn't come from you and there is a relationship the mother has with the child that is just going to be different than the relationship that you have with the child. I mean, I just, I think most people probably ultimately understand that, right? Like, I mean, my wife carried our three kids for nine months. I mean, that is an amazing sacrifice that she gave up, um, you know, to watch her go through it and find joy in it was, was amazing. But then when you, when you, when you enter CMV into this, you know, there's a, there's a devastation there. I think that I've seen my wife have to fight through that. She got this from me. Right. And yeah, that's a very real, a real challenge for the mother. And I think you have to be there as a father and as a, as a partner and as a, as a husband to support them in that. And also say like, Hey, listen, like, you could not have controlled this. You, right. this is like getting a cold and nobody told you anything about it. So, you know, what you don't know, you can't protect yourself and your child against. And, you know, there's so much information out there. I think you just, people expecting parents probably feel overwhelmed by this tidal wave of things, you know, don't go by litter boxes, don't eat cold cuts, don't eat raw tuna, you know? And we all know those things because the medical world's kind of chosen to tell us those things, but you know, you see, you see your wife be devastated because the CMV diagnosis, congenital CMV diagnosis is so final. You know, I, I remember NICU nurses telling us like, whatever you thought this journey is going to be like, everything is different now. And wow. you grieve, you grieve because this hope that you had for your child is, is going to be a lot different, you know? And, and, and when you're a young parent, you don't know how to deal with that. And I think, you know, unfairly, it's a lot of that's placed on the mother and, and it's not, not a blame thing at all. No one, I never blamed my wife at all. And, you know, when you're talking about getting a cold, I mean, I tried to tell her, right. Like I traveled a lot at this time of our lives for my, for my job. And I could have been the one that got it on a plane and came home and kissed her and gave it to her. So it's not that she didn't do anything to do this, right. But I think I can also understand, I have to put myself in a place to understand like, I don't probably totally understand how she feels. And I think, I think fathers partners have to allow the mother, the space to grieve in that, but also be supportive and give them the, the reassurance that like they didn't do anything to make this happen. 
this wasn't them being, you know, negligent or anything like that. It's just a terrible thing. That's just a tragedy. And, you know, once you go through stuff like that, I think you realize like there's just things that happen in this world and you can't predict them and you can't have prevented them if you don't know about them. And I think that's a hard thing for, for fathers. Cause how do you, how do you, how do you help somebody that's got a kind of a different experience in the space than yourself? Right. 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 How do you put yourself in their shoes? Can you, right. You really, can't. You really can't. Right. You often hear you can empathize, but you can't sympathize until you, you know, if, unless that was you. So you really can't. And I appreciate you sharing how you supported Kristen and what other men can do. I'm going to pivot a bit and ask, John, how did you support yourself through this? You said something probably a year and a half ago at this point in, the, in one of our board meetings, and I cannot remember, but I remember at the time it was so profound. And it was, I think, situated around... Probably, Kalia, don't stress. It'll be fine or something like that. And I've always carried that, although I can't remember exactly what it was you said. I've always carried that with me. So I've always been wanting to ask, how did you support yourself or where did you seek support as you were navigating your own journey? So, yes, you had to support Kristen. Yes, you were there for her. Yes, we want other fathers and caregivers to do the same. But I also want to make sure we do share. And I know you can't speak for all men. What is it that you did to kind of help yourself navigate? Well, I think... You know, if if you follow follow the path of the 21 months that we had our daughter from the tragedy it was when she was born to the tragedy of the way that we lost her. And there was a lot of really hard times in between. Like, you have to be very honest with yourself and what you're going through. You cannot, you cannot bury it away or act like it's not happening or it didn't happen. So if we're talking about when the child is here with us and therapies that exist. And, you know, like I mentioned before, the grieving you do for the, for the hopes and the dreams that you had that are lost, you know, you have to kind of lean into that and it hurts, you know, it's devastating. And, you know, my wife and I just tried to support each other. We had our strong moments and we had our weak moments. And sometimes she was strong and I was weak. And sometimes, you know, I was strong and she was weak. And sometimes we were weak together, but you have to be honest with where you're at. You know, you have to get that grief out of you and you'll learn, I think, that this didn't, this didn't end me. I can carry this and I can keep going um, because you have to, right? Like you, when you, when you are given these kids that have all these special needs, it requires more of you as a parent. You have all these other things that you're trying to do to try to give them the quality of life, the best quality of life you can. And you can't just sit there uh, idly and, and accomplish that. And you can't be overstricken by depression and grief. So you've got to learn into it. You've got to go talk to people. You know, you can't, as a, as a father, understand everything that your wife is going through. And she can't understand everything that you're going through. So you have to seek other therapies. You have to seek other outlets. You can't feel like every time I need to talk to somebody, I'm burdening the other per- person with that. It just will overwhelm you. Um, and that was kind of our journey and you got to kind of learn through it. You know, um, you got to learn, I'm okay doing this today and you take your, your moment to breathe and then we'll, we'll trade off. And, you know, you just got to love each other when you're in a relationship like that. And you got, like you said before, you got to kind of love yourself. You got to give yourself the space to grieve right? and then, and then pick yourself up and keep going. And that keep going phrase is probably something you've heard me talk about Kalia. It's, it's, 
it's, it's, it's very, it's very applicable to life. I think as you, as you get older, right. you know, like you're going to get thrown things that you just can't imagine you're going to get thrown. And, and hopefully for a lot of people listening or, and I think a lot of people listening are probably in the same view world. They understand. And you just got to keep going because it's the only way. And you've got to find your own little ways to do it, but you've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to understand the grief that you're going through. Um, and you got to lean on other people to help you pull, to help pull you along sometimes too. No, no. Well said. Well said. I agree. And I love how you kept moving forward, kept going. You channeled your energy, both the pain and the good times into building this foundation. And so seeing where it started with its inception, you know, you've been here obviously from the beginning, pre-beginning, you know, my next question would be, what is it that you are extremely proud of that's been accomplished so far? Um, since beginning 2014 on your journey, um, what is it that you're really proud of for the foundation that it's accomplished? What is it that you are so proud of that you want to see more of? Well, I'm going to start by saying how proud of my wife I am. I mean, oh, she so is. Cute. She's great. Well, she just. She's awesome. Well, she she just you know this is this is an emotional thing for us, and this, it's a hard thing to go do every day. Because it's it's a constant reminder of, you know, what you've lost, both when Evelyn was here and then really after we lost Evelyn in 2014, like for her to throw herself in there every day and as a full-time employee of the foundation and and just churn through everything to set up a business or an organization, really, right? Like a charity foundation um, has been, it's it's been such a, Unbelievable. I've had a front row seat for it. It's been unbelievable to watch and her strength and courage through it is amazing. And then you meet all these other moms, mothers, women that are doing very much the same thing and to see the bond that they have and to see that their, their desire and their want to change the narrative on CMV and to, you know, shout to the masses and get people to start listening and to care and, you know, to, enter into a world that basically has just been pushed into the corner by the medical world over and over and over again. Yet it's so prominent, right? Like you started with that 30,000 kids a year figure. And that's just what we know about. We, it might be much more than that, but you've got to actually go in and do it. And so to see them get told no and no and no again, but be like the hell with that, I'm coming back at you. Is, it gives me a lot of pride and, you know, to take it all the way to the fact that Moderna is a sponsor and, they're helping work on this vaccine to the fact that we've got, you know, countless states now that are passing bills and laws that you've got to pay attention to this virus. Um, it's a testament to you, Kalia, to the moms that started this all, you know, they were all doing it on their own many, many years ago. You know, we've come a long way and I think we've got a long way to go, but I'm extremely proud of the people that have volunteered and, the energy they've given and the sweat and tears um, they've given it's, it's very humbling. And, you know, we've got so many good people in and around the foundation. Now it continues to grow and, you know, we may not get to our goal as fast as we wanted to get to, but I do know we're going to get there. That's awesome. Thank you so much um, for the kind words and, you will not get me crying on this podcast, John. Um, so thank you so much. <laughs> that wasn't my that. effort. That wasn't my, my goal. <laughs> I almost choked myself up there talking about my wife, but 
you know, you all deserve it all. And it was very heartfelt and I meant all of that. Thank you so, so much. And again, we love you and Kristen, you know, the sacrifice, the groundwork, the grunt work that was done to get here. I often tell people this isn't, this wasn't an overnight thing, right? We didn't wake up and get the states doing all of this and all this visibility and exposure and work groups and partnership alliance. It really took building this brick by brick. And yes, there is more building that needs to be done, but super, super you know, really proud and honored of the groundwork that you all laid because it would not be possible without that. So kudos to you all for for working so diligently in that area. Is there a particular area, John, that you would like to see more work being done? You know, I I would love to see, you know, people that can do something about this pay more attention, you know, but that's kind of outside of our control, right? I mean, right. but I do think with a lot of the things we're doing right now, we're getting more and more people that are in position to um, to pay attention to it and to, to start to actually consume and read, you know, the literature that's out there about CMV and be like, oh, wow, I've never heard of this. And wow, this could be really easy to get. And wow, it could really alter the course of my life and my children's lives um, in a not, not, a not, you know, solid way, in a really negative way, ultimately, right? Like, that's, that's been a hard thing for my wife and I to deal with all the time. Like this, this, this isn't a thing that brings us right. A lot of joy. And that's why I think it makes it tough because ultimately it traces back to how our daughter was born. But when more and more people, you have to almost tell your story for people to understand, you know, the depth of it. And, you know, the fact that we're getting more and more people to pay attention is great. Uh, I would love to see our fundraising stuff, grow every, every year, you know, I'd love to see us find new ways to have a gala or a golf outing, which is something I've been talking about for years that I really just need to kind of figure out, um, you know, to grow the compete for CMV into maybe a space right now that we haven't got to yet. Um, I'm done running marathons for, for raise money. I've said that Come to all on, my friends John. and family Come and all that. <laughs> yeah. I could be, I could be swayed if somebody wants to make a very large donation to the foundation. I'll, once more into the breach, if uh, that was the case, you know, and then I think one thing that we could, if we could find like a, a corporate sponsor that really partnered with us, and I know Moderna's one of them, but like a big corporate sponsor um, that we could count on to not only donate every year, but also be a big time fighter with us that, that has a big brand name that resonates with people that that could really push us forward as well. Um, Cause I think when you do this, you start to realize like, I need allies everywhere. Like I need right. more allies in the medical world right. and in the, and in the government and all these things kind of need to go together eventually to solve this issue. And we're definitely making headway. We are. Um, and I said before, it's not going as fast as I want, or maybe as we naively you know, thought, you know, eight years ago when we started this, I mean, we were like, oh, well, we're going to figure this out in 10 years because this is our everything and people should pay attention. And you realize there's so many other things out there that are going on that deserve a lot of attention as well, that it's a tough space to be in, but um, you know, we're just going to keep working for you. You know that. Absolutely. And folks listening in, you heard John can be persuaded. So if a corporate sponsor would like to donate so John can get back out here again for the New York city full, please keep that in mind. Um, everyone who knows me knows, and I tell John and the board this, I don't run. So it will not be me, but John is more than willing and able to do it. So folks listening in, that is your cue. 
Last question for you, John. Uh, you kind of mentioned this earlier, you know, things we want to see done. You know, we want to have an increase in, in evergreen funding, diversification of corporate sponsors. And we've been building that, right? But we definitely want to 10x that. What else, um, in addition to maybe fundraising goals or awareness, what else would you like to see? How do you envision the foundation itself growing even more in the next five to 10 years? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think, I think we need probably that we've talked about this, Kalia, you and me and, and Kristen, like continues to grow the board, to diversify the board, maybe increase the members on the board. So if there's other, if there's people out there that are listening to this, that feel motivated, that feel moved, um, that they could, that they could donate their time and their energy. Um, I think that would be great, especially if it's in a space that, you know, we don't, we don't really touch right now, you know, Kalia, like, and I, and I may not sit here and know exactly what that is, but, you know, I think this is a, to me, this has always been a people issue. This is about people. It's for people. It's going to be solved by people. And, you know, we, we're learning, I think, Kalia, and I think you would agree with this, is it takes an army. Absolutely. And, and this started, you know, we started the National CMV Foundation, um, gosh, eight, nine years ago. It's hard for me to even remember it at this point, but, you know, it was like my wife, me, my wife, and a couple friends that were there to fight with us. And it's grown into Kristen meeting these other mothers and also coming under one umbrella. And, you know, you realize you get beat down and we, we need more people. We need an injection of people from all over the place. We need motivated people, giving people, energetic people. And the more of those people we have, I, th I think we'll solve that. And I think that's probably a little bit of an ambiguous answer, Kalia, if I'm being honest, but I really, I feel strongly about that. You know, we need great no. people to come fight yeah. with us. And it's a, a fight. It's a it fight. Is a fight. It's a fight. Isn't it clear? Like, I mean, for every time we get told no, we probably get told or told yes, we probably get no told no 10 to 15 times. It feels like, but yeah. we're just going to keep banging on doors, getting for yeses. And we walk through that door. There's going to be 15 or 20 more no's waiting for us, but we're going to bang down the next door eventually too. And I think we've kind of proven that like we're here to stay. We're not going anywhere. And, you know, we're going to keep fighting for, you know, kids like Evelyn and all the other CMV kiddos out there that deserve it. And, you know, our goal is to, to live in a world someday where we don't talk about CMV anymore because we solved it. No, that was well said. And you're absolutely right. It is a fight. I mean, from being told no to putting out fires left and right, things that people don't see, it takes a lot to run. Um, you know, a foundation and to keep it going and to keep it going strong. So you said it best. I think, you know, yep, you can win a few battles on your own, but you certainly cannot win a war by yourself. So it really is a all hands on deck from donors to supporters to, hey, I can, you know, listen in to this. I can share this with five people. I'm able to make this donation. I'm interested in learning more about X, Y, and Z. So it really does take everyone to help move the ship forward. And and it's worked well for us, but we definitely want to keep it moving and keep it growing. So yeah. I, you know, kudos on everything you've said. I 100% agree. Um, thank you to everyone who is listening in. Thank you, John, for taking the time to share your story. This has been very insightful and informative, and I hope those listening in have learned quite a bit. For those who want to learn more about the work of the foundation, please visit nationalcmv.org. Again, nationalcmv.org, our website. You'll get a plethora of information there. 
can also feel free to send us an email at info at nationalcmv.org if you have any questions or want to follow up on anything that you heard John speak of today or myself. We'd be more than happy to to hear from you and assist you as best we can. Yeah, I want to I want to say one more thing to the to the CMV parents out there. You know, the ones that are um, have been going have been fighting this fight for a long time. To the to any new CMV parents that just had a baby that was just diagnosed with this, keep going. Um, you know, fight the fight for your child. There is hope out there. You will find joy um, in in your journey. It can seem like there's waves crashing down over you over and over again. It can seem like you're in a darkness that you'll you can't find your way out of. I've been there. My wife has been there. It's hard. I know it. But you've got a wonderful kid that's going to change your life. They're going to change the way you see things. They're going to change your perspective on life. They're going to change, you know, your patience, uh, your ability to be patient in situations. They are not necessarily living the life that you envisioned, but you've got to stick with them and you got to fight for them. And, you know, I just, I just want people to know that it's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to to be down, but you got to pick yourself up again and you got to keep going. The kids depending on you um, and they're going to give you great joy on your journey as well. And, you know, just sending much love to all the families out there that are struggling through this. We're here with you, right, Kalia? We're not going anywhere. If you need us, we're here. Um, but just hang in there. And your your child is a gift. They'll teach you a lot. And um, they love you unconditionally. Absolutely. Beautifully spoken. Thank you, John. Thank you for everyone who took the time to listen in to today's podcast episode. Enjoy your day or evening whenever you're listening in. And be sure to tune in to our next podcast episode. 